Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Falling is the best way to learn how to get up. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? I am good and I'm drinking my O-Or beer. Okay. Still, Still. I'm milking it. Yeah, you are milking it. We, we had a lot to drink in, uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. We did. I'm milking it. Yeah, I am um, just drinking water because I've had way too much. And even last night, we were hanging out with the guys from Bloom and had some beers there. So, yeah, I got to take it easy today, I think, for sure. Yeah, gained uh, like 20 pounds drinking yeah, beer. I'm done, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to talk about that because I didn't even get on a scale yet, and I'm nervous. I'm going <laughs> to wait for like another month and just completely detox and just not eat and then get on a scale and be like, oh, I'm good. Back to, back to where I was. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so today's catchphrase is falling is the best way to learn how to get up. And that was sent in to us by at the Duke Daniel. And I also want to say, and that's our buddy Daniel. Uh, I want to say, I hope you're feeling good. I want you to get well soon. Uh, you know, I heard today that you are up and walking and that's awesome. So uh, just keep pushing through, man. We're rooting for you and we're absolutely going to help you out. So, um, if you guys have catchphrases that you want to send in, you can send them into our Twitter account. Uh, and we talk to Daniel all the time through Twitter. Uh, and it's at Money Matters Man is our Twitter handle. And uh, you guys can just go on, send us catchphrases. You can send us catchphrases also to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash listen money matters. And we're always having good conversations over there. But we're going to have a good conversation right here today because we have a guest for our Better Know a Millionaire segment. And it's Nellie Acalp from corpnet.com. Nellie, how are you? Hey, Matt. Hey, Andrew. How are you guys? Good. Are you drinking anything? Awesome. <laughs> I drank a little last night, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of just taking it easy this morning. Thank you. Yes. It's, got to, it's one of those mornings after drinking. It's tough. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's back to business. And, you know, I get up at 5 in the morning. I'm not partiers like oh, you guys. That's so early. <laughs> I had to get up at 5 in the morning to go to New Orleans, and I'm like, this sucks. I don't, <laughs> who, do, who does I don't this? You guys, but I'm a mother of four. You know, I got to keep it together. But, you know, last night we went out with a couple of friends to a comedy show. Cool. So I had my little bikini martini and I was done, you know? <laughs> nice. So tell me, what, what is CorpNet? Because you were telling us a little bit off air, but I want everyone to hear because you guys do a lot. Yes, yes. So are you guys familiar with the household brand right now, LegalZoom? Uh, I'm sure everybody knows LegalZoom. Yeah, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, and and they're a big uh, sponsor on those podcasts. Yes, yes. So, you know, they're a great company, great set of, uh, great group of guys. Uh, We actually started our first company when I actually became an entrepreneur in 1997, before LegalZoom was even out there. And we started our first company. Uh, it was called MyCorporation.com. We founded it out of our one-bedroom apartment with my husband and business partner, who I'm married to, by the way, for 17 years. Now we just celebrated our anniversary. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah, thank that's you. awesome. Then, uh, you know, um, after, you know, purchasing a domain name for $100 and, you know, called MyCorporation.com, we started that company. We worked our butts off day and night and we grew that company to where it was doing a substantial amount of business and we sold it to Intuit in 2005 
substantial amount of money in the millions, I should add. Yeah. <laughs> because I know our uh, audience there would be very excited to know, especially the woman listeners there. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, so LegalZoom was not uh, really uh, born back then in 1997. So then, you know, they started after us. And then in 2005, when I sold my first company, you know, uh, we decided to step out, you know, just take some time off, focus on our then growing children. And uh, LegalZoom just really came out and took a substantial amount of the market share. And, you know, they are truly today considered the household brand. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, for me, you know, my motto is there's plenty of business to go around for everybody. Yeah, so there's room for everyone. Everyone. And uh, once my uh, non-compete uh, passed in 2009, I, uh, you know, looked at the uh, industry and I decided early retirement wasn't in the cards for me. So I decided to start all over again in the same industry and came out with Corpna.com in 2009. And in answer to your question, so what we provide is we provide comprehensive, cost-effective startup business filing services, self-help legal document filing services for anybody who wants to start a business, set up a corporation or an LLC, or to those existing business owners who want us to assist them with keeping their business in compliance. And we provide the services in all 50 states. Wow. So you do it all? We do it all. We're one-stop shop for small businesses. So what differentiates us, uh, you know, against our competition, including, you know, LegalZoom, who's that big name out there, is Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't offer all types of legal filing services. We're strictly niched. We consider ourselves a one-stop shop for small businesses who want to do anything and everything A to Z to start, protect, manage, run, grow their businesses. What about small podcasts? We don't offer small podcasts. However, I happen to be on a ton of podcasts. Cool. Because, I mean, we have a business. We have an LLC. So you can help us with that. Oh, absolutely. So are you – if your question is, can I help set up a business structure for a business who's running a podcast, absolutely we cool. can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we do it all the time. We help bloggers even. Right. You know, Formalize their business structures. So any type of business um, in you know engaged in any type of activity, whether it's a podcast, a product, or service, anything, we can help them formalize the business. So what was it? You said you started in 1997. I've been an entrepreneur since 1997 when I started our first business. What made you get into that? And what were you doing before that? I was going to law school. Okay, <laughs> going to law school that makes sense. Got out. And frankly, uh, you know, faced with over half a million dollars in student loans between my husband and I. So, you know, getting out of law school, we decided, you know, $30,000 to $40,000 a year, uh, which is the starting salary for a lawyer, wasn't going to cut it for us. And Mm -hmm. frankly, back in 1997, I had nothing to lose. I didn't have a family. I didn't have kids. I lived in a two-bedroom apartment. And frankly, risk was a very, very attractive to me. So mm-hmm. I decided to take the risk. And my husband uh, approached me and said, hey, can I borrow $100 to purchase a domain name from my friend Sky at uh, earthlink.com? 
net and mm-hmm. I said, okay, fine. And back then we had to like literally write out a check for a hundred dollars, send it to Earthlink. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then from there it was all history. So did you, I want to ask because you went from, you had this business, I guess you guys started small, right? You were, were you bootstrapping this business on your own or did you have uh, outside funding come in? Never, ever, ever. We bootstrapped it on our own. Cool. We started cool. again from our two-bedroom apartment uh, in 1997. And uh, truly, I mean, back then, it was truly the birth, the inception of the internet era. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. literally for us, it was all about putting up a one-page website, which my husband loves con- computers and anything and everything to do with tech and web pages and you know he just put up a one-page website and from there we got our first order and after that you know people would literally contact us leave us messages on our answering machine with credit card information for us to process (laughs) their orders and then you know he went off to take the bar exam because he is an attorney and he's admitted to the California bar and um, he decided to, you know, take the bar exam. And while he was gone taking the bar exam, you know, I decided to hire a few people who needed some, you know, uh, money and were going to law school. So I hired some help uh, from my law school and uh, just changed the whole uh, apartment atmosphere to an home office atmosphere in our apartment. And then by the time he came back, it was me and two other people. And then I had a list of to-dos for him that included, hey, we need to add, you know, this service and that service. We need to add rush services. We need to put up a calculator um, so that people can pay online rather than calling us with their credit cards. And then one thing led to another. Um, Fast forward a year after, we were able to pay off our student loans and, you know, buy a house. We moved the operations into the basement of our new home and then started signing contracts left and right. You know, back then it was Lycos and Excite as the search engines. And we would buy, you know, uh, 468 by 60 banners to advertise our company. And, um, And then, you know, soon after that, the business started growing. We started hiring employees, moved, you know, into an actual real office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the business started growing leaps and bounds. And then fast forward to 2005, we were approached by Intuit, whereby they were approaching us under the guise of, let's have a conversation and do a partnership, you know. And once we met them, um, the conversation soon turned to one of, hi, we really love you guys and we want to acquire you guys, but you guys get to stay on. It's just the change of bank accounts. And imagine you get to do all the stuff that you don't have money to do and it'll take you maybe five more years to do what you want, but you get to do it now with all this money and backing from into it. And of course, you know, my husband and I are looking at each other going, okay, wait a minute, Uh, do I get this picture? So they're going to give us 20 million cash for our company. In addition to that, we get to stay on and play with their money and keep innovating and growing this company. And so, you know, the the offer was too good to pass. We took it. But then after the acquisition, it really, really lost its entrepreneurial spirit for us. And that entrepreneurial 
culture and that mantra that I had created in that company. So we decided that, you know, it's best for us to just take a break, step out of that company and just, you know, take some time off, focus on our then growing children, Mm -hmm. which is what we did. And for those, real quick, for those who don't know what Intuit is, they're the makers of QuickBooks and uh, what's the tax one? Um, Quicken. 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 TurboTax. TurboTax, right. They own Mint as well. Mint, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. they're doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. Big. So, Nelly, I'm I'm curious because I think there was probably other people maybe doing similar things, but why why did you guys succeed so much and and you know, others maybe not so much? You know, that's a great question, Andrew. So, when we started out with our first company in 1997, there was really just a few players out there and I think what differentiated us is our ability to innovate so quickly and be self-funded. So it was just my husband and I. We really didn't have anything to lose because we were such hungry people and you know with with you know just out of law school and really with the mindset that you know the 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 salary that a lawyer would make is just not going to suit our lifestyles. So when you have that kind of vision, that drive, that determination, that passion, and you really believe and love what you're about to really explode on the internet, it really doesn't stop you. So what we did was we had all this, you know, uh, all this flexibility and, you know, having you know, be being able to self-fund it ourselves versus the other companies that were out there that were more corporate made it much easier for us to be able to grow so quickly and innovate quicker as, you know, our competition back then did. And then, of course, you know, uh, other people started following. And then fast forward to today, I mean, in our industry, even when I started in 2009, I mean, people were literally laughing at me and saying, are you crazy? So you're going to start all over again in the same industry. And now you're going to be competing, you know, against this 800-pound gorilla in addition to your old company who's still out there. But, of course, they're not owned by Intuit anymore. It's privately owned. And, you know, for me, it was just a matter of having that mindset whereby, you know, if you have that, again, that vision, that drive, that roadmap, you know, nothing's going to stop me, you know. And that's really why I came out with CorpNet in 2009 is because I love small business. I believe in what I do. And I'm passionate about what I do. People connect with me. I don't hide behind my brand. I am the face for my company. And people relate to me. You know, I mean, I walk into a place and I can basically have an audience of 50, 60 people listening to me and engaging with them. You know, I walk into the the cleaners down the road, you know, to just give my clothes to the cleaning lady and she's giving me her whole life story in two seconds. So I think a lot goes with that. And frankly, you know, I think it has to do with, you know, my drive and the fact that, you know, I I believe in what I do. I'm passionate about what I do and nothing was going to stop me then and nothing's going to stop me now. So you when you started, though, you were you 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 ramped up pretty quick, right? Yes. So when did you end up selling it? We sold it in 2005. Okay. so during this time, you guys were were making quite a bit of money and then got the 20 million, and then you were pretty much comfortable from there. So I I was going to ask, and you paid off your debt relatively quickly as well, but would you say that you went from 
bootstrapping, you know, saving your money or, or you know, not really spending so much to, oh my God, we have a ton of money and now it's just like, what do we, what do we do? Like, what totally. was your, yeah, like I want to know if, if it was like almost like a lottery win for you or if it was like a good long ramp up that allowed you to uh, so slowly transition, transition into, you know, being financially responsible. No, I mean that, and I'm so glad you asked that question. So basically the way it happened is we had literally no money. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like my, when we got married, my my mom had to pay for our wedding, you know, and we, we literally like would live paycheck to paycheck off my paychecks or would get help from his grandparents. But when we started the company, it was like the company would, you know, make us money. We would reinvest it in the company. And then soon it started getting so big that it allowed us to first thing, you know, to pay off all our debt, you know, for our student loans. And then as we grew and as we we took chances and signed on these ad contracts back then, obviously the bring the business was so profitable for us that we were able to take a substantial amount of money and, you know, have a really nice um, lifestyle for ourselves. But then once we sold the company and we were acquired, it allowed us to do the things that we weren't able to do um, when we didn't have those millions. So, for example, we were never able to buy the house that I currently live in or drive the cars that we currently drive. I love toys. I love toys. You know, I love fast cars and I love to have a nice house and I like to do whatever I like to do in my house, you know, as far as designing it. You know, I like to travel. Yeah. A, lot, a, big, a question that I always ask because I, I find it fascinating for some reason. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Mercedes S550, the 2014. Okay, that was that's exact same car JV drove. I think it was a, <laughs> we had an interview with the guy today. I think he drove the exact same car. Yeah, I drive a I, I drive the latest uh, Mercedes S550 model, and I picked that car mainly because you know I am a mother of four. So I balance running my business with being a mom mm-hmm. because being a mother uh, is very, very important to me. It's actually my main job, but also running my own business and being a serial entrepreneur is equally as important in having my own career. So why I chose that car is because it fits all my kids and I love it. It's functional, yet it has the power and it gives me that edge that and, I love. And it's super nice. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a super nice car. And so uh, what about your personal finances? Do you have somebody that does that for you or do you do that yourself? No, I do everything myself. You do. And I'll tell you why. It's because I don't care if you're broke or a millionaire. You got to stay close to your cash and you got you must know what's going on with your cash because if you don't, you're going to lose your money really quickly. So from day one, I've always been very close to my finances myself. And do you do any sort of investing? Yes, I do. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned to you, you know, my husband and I, at every, at any given time, you know, uh, own multiple businesses. And then we also invest a lot, a ton in commercial real estate. Okay. So you're, you're buying, you're buying properties and then leasing them out. Uh, I buy properties, and then I have an, a management company who leases it out for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. And why corporate real estate instead of just residential? 
I like commercial because I feel that right now, you know, there's a ton of commercial property that's, you know, going into bankruptcy and we can get it at a really, really cheap price mm -hmm. and turn around and, you know, rent it out and and basically get 90% occupancy in those buildings. And frankly, you know, I have, you know, someone who does it for me and it's not piecemeal. Um, residential, in my opinion, it just takes a lot of time and I don't have that time myself uh, to manage residential. In addition, you know, for me, it's more about, you know, taking a chunk of money, investing it and taking, you know, bigger, bigger risks for a lot of, a, a, a lot bigger payout at the end and frankly mm -hmm. sometimes we lose and sometimes we win it's not all a win-win situation but you know I'm a risk taker so I, I, I like I like that um, I you know I, 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 I like to feel that rush that you get by taking a chance are you, you know? a gambler um, I wouldn't call myself a gambler, but, you know, I sometimes go to Vegas. I do a lot of appearances over there for mm -hmm. small business. So when I go, yeah, you know, I play a little bit of blackjack or crafts. I like that. And do you, uh, are you a risk, a risky person in the stock market? I do. I am. I am. I, I you know, some of my portfolio is in the stock market and right now, uh, you know, as we all know, they say that the stock market is going to reach the 20, it's going to go up to the 20s. So, you know, I'm I'm a little bit more heavier invested in stocks as we speak right now. But are now. you doing uh, funds or are you buying the individual stocks yourself? Uh, no, I, I have somebody who does it for me. I don't day trade, if that's your question. That's sort of where I was I was asking, but yeah, so you're not, you're not actively trading no. uh, in the market. You have, you just... Buy, you just buy and hold. Buy, buy yep. the, the entire stock market and just kind of sit, let it sit there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. But I'm, I'm also very diversified so that, God forbid, if we have another crash, I'm not going to lose all my money either. Right. So um, you have all this. What's the worst thing about it? Um, you know, when we first came into it, I would say the worst part was you know, people came out of the woodworks. We uh -huh. didn't know we had. We didn't know we had these cousins or uncles. We we never knew that they existed. And you know, they come out. Um, people come out, and you know, they try to bring you down. And uh, you know, they. You know, we got sued a couple of times uh, for people claiming that you know they needed a piece of the action, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, we won every one of them. Um, I would say other parts of it is you really, really know, you really realize who your true friends are and you realize who the greedy ones are, you know. Um, I, I, I would also say that um, you also become a little bit more guarded because when you come into a lot of money, you often get a ton of people who want to become your friends. Mm -hmm. For the right, wrong reasons. So uh, I wouldn't say, you know, anything has happened per se. For me, it's all been positive in the standpoint, from, from the standpoint that I, I've realized who my true friends are through this whole process. I have realized who the greedy ones are. I've realized who um, are not my friends and were just there to get ahead of the game. 
Um, and I've realized that I've got, I have to be more selective in who I associate with. And then, you know, you also, you also want to make sure that you're not falling into the keeping up with the Joneses syndrome because at the end of the day, 20 million is just 20 million. I mean, there's tons of people who have much more than me. And once you come into money, you want to make sure that you're string, staying true to yourself and for me to God, you know, and just be grateful for what you have and not let that whole image and, you know, the whole idea of oh, all this money affect who you are and who your true person is. So um, your kids are, are now growing up and you guys have all this money and I'm sure when you grew up you didn't have nearly as much. Are there things that you're you're doing or, or teaching them around money uh, that you've learned because you now have so much? Yes. You know, we, we live in a community that obviously, you know, we, we decided, you know, when we sold our business and came into this money that we wanted, our, our main goal was to give our four children the best possible lifestyle and education, education being number one, because truly that, that I live for my children, you know, so for me, it's all a matter of I work so hard because I want my kids to have the best, you know, education and life experience that they can. But at the end of the day, I've never ever to this day spoiled my children. My children take out the trash. They each earn, you know, uh, uh, some sort of money at the end of the week as an allowance. Yeah. And they're not spoiled kids because we live in an area where Britney Spears is right down the road from us. <laughs> or, you know, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I mean, you know, there's tons of celebrities where we live. And frankly, you know, kids are really impressionable, especially kids at the age of 13 and 10. Um, you know, my three-year-old is still too young. But, you know... Kids at the, you know, between the ages of 10 and 13, they're very impressionable and they can really, really get influenced in the wrong direction. So for us, you know, we always remind them at the end of the day that, listen, this is mommy and daddy's money. Don't even think like you're going <laughs> to come into this whole, you know, influx of cash, you know, or you're going to be this trust fund baby. Yeah, you don't want that, right? No, because you have to work hard. So if you want, you know, until 18... It's our responsibility to take care of you, to give you a good education, you know, and if you get in to a four-year college, get straight A's, then of course at 18, yeah, we'll buy you a car. We'll, you know, send you to whatever school you want to go to and we'll pay your college tuition. But listen, once you're out of college, you got to go make a buck. You got to go make your own living. Don't even think like mommy and daddy are going to, you know, uh, fork out the money for the rest of your life. And you got to train them and have them have that mindset from now because, believe me, they take advantage, they ma manipulate, and for me, it's really easy for, you know, to tell them, listen, yeah, at Sweet 16, you're going to get a Range Rover or, you know, Nick, you're going to get your 4x4 truck that you want. But, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's the right thing to do because when they grow up, then what are they going to look forward to, you right. know? 
So I, I raise my kids very conservatively when it comes to the money side of things. But at the same time, I try to expose them to a, a lifestyle that obviously my husband and I enjoy. And, of course, they get to benefit of it as well. Right. You're trying to avoid the Billy Madison syndrome. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You took the words right out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of influence, uh, has the money directly influenced your level of happiness? No. Never. No. One, listen to me. Money does not bring you happiness, okay? And my message out there to anybody who is considering going into business for themselves is if you're doing it for the money, just throw away that business idea because not one minute, not one second of my life when I started my first company was my goal to become an overnight millionaire. In fact, I didn't even have an exit strategy to begin with. Right, I, you weren't you weren't trying to be bought by into it. No. No, I mean they approached me and literally my 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 question to them was, how do I put a dollar amount on something that I'm so passionate about doing each and every day and I look forward to coming to work at every day and one of the guys in his three-piece suit looked mm-hmm. at me and goes, "Well, you know what? I suggest you go think long and hard about this because the lightning doesn't strike twice. And I thought to myself, well, maybe not for you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but, um, so, you know, it was, it was a really tough decision and I didn't have an exit strategy. And frankly, my, my goal never in life has to, uh, it's never been about the money. It's always been about happiness and, Happiness comes from within, in my opinion. You cannot gain happiness, in my opinion, from material possessions and or from money. I mean, money helps you do things that you're, you know, otherwise not able to do. It's a tool. It's a tool. I don't think it can bring anyone happiness, you know. In fact, you know, my husband uh, went through a really, really tough time after, you know, our, our business was acquired. And, and, you know, splurging a little too much on partying, you know, and then he was unhappy, you know, and he had to go away for a while and just get himself back on track, you know, and I'm very open about this because um, I wouldn't be where I am today um, if it wasn't for seeing him go through that path and he wouldn't be where he is today if he did not go through that path. So, you know, money does not bring you happiness. It's just a tool. Some of us have it, and we're blessed with it, and we can do things with it. But for those of us who don't, and, you know, of, of course, it's a little tougher, but I see people walking down the street who don't have one penny to their name, and they're happier than most millionaires, billionaires that I know around here. So, I mean, your husband took it a different way than you did. Different way, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, he he came back to where he needed to be, and you know what? Everybody takes a different path in life. You know, he had some demons he was battling with, and you know, thank God for the acquisition back then, because again, as a tool, we were able to get him, you know, the guidance and the tools that we needed to get him to get him back on track. You know, but do you but, think you had a big part in that? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Phil, you know, to this day, Phil tells me, and I tell him, I mean, we feed off each other. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my husband. Mm -hmm. He's my biggest 
critic and my greatest supporter, okay? Yeah. But yeah. my husband wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for me. And that's what it makes a great partnership for the two of us because we're two different people, two different mindsets, but we really, really mold together. And when we work together, just amazing things happen, hmm. including hmm. our four children. <laughs> uh, so, like, during this process... Um, have you failed at all? I failed, failed many times. Many times with even with, with with your own personal finances and with the business, or just one or the other. Listen, Matt. Here's the deal: in order to succeed, you have to go through failure. I've, I've never, failed. I've never failed. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> <I've never. laughs> uh, not so sure about that. <laughs> in order, in order to be successful, you have to fail. You have to go through some sort of path of failure to get to your successes. And for Phil and I, we failed hundreds of thousands of times, both in our previous business and in our current business. But we've also succeeded many times. But those failures are what have led us to our successes. Okay. Now, I'll tell you, with our previous business, lot different platform the economic platform, the industry was a lot different. So you know what? Success was much more easier to attain than it is today with my current company, okay? Mm -hmm. But listen, you have to fail. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm going to probably fail a hundred thousands more times, but I'm not done succeeding either. And I know I'm going to be successful no matter what I do. So you said you like toys and you mentioned travel. <laughs> how how much traveling do you do? And is that something that you had always wanted to do? Had it, has it been a goal or has it become a goal because you have money? No. I, I've loved traveling all my life. I've, I've traveled since the age of six, whether it was with my dad or my mom. Um, but obviously the way I used to travel was a lot more coach. Uh, coached and, <laughs> yes yes and a lot more conservative and a lot more um scheduled mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and 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 you know planned pre-planned whereas how i travel today you know and again you know for us you know we like to travel at least four times a year sometimes we can't because of our kids activities and commitments and sometimes we can Sometimes we do it just the two of us with a couple of friends. Sometimes we do it with the entire family. Um, some people like to spend their money on jewels, you know, and furnitures and antiques. I like to spend my, my money on fast cars and traveling. You know, everybody's taste is different, but I love to travel. I love traveling to tropical places, um, over colder places. That's just what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we try to do it at least four times a year. So it sounds like you, you live in a community with people who have also found similar success. And I'm curious that uh, since you been living in this area, do you notice any common themes between these successful people, you know, how they view money, handle money, stuff like that? Well, it's funny because, you know, the other day we were stopped at a stoplight, you know, in our community and my husband looks at me and goes, 
oh my god look at this community we live in here we are stopped parked at a stoplight there's a maserati we're in an escalade and the one next to us is a porsche you know i mean it's it's crazy and frankly, you know, in my opinion, you know, where we live, I think there's a lot of people who try to be something that they're not, you know, and I think they try to, um, you know, make it very, very clear that they have money, you yes. know, yes. and for me, I, I really could care two shits about whether someone knew if I had money or not, because at the end of the day, what I have who I am, what I have is my business and I'm not trying to shove it down somebody else's throat mm -hmm. because I just think it's not important, you know? And and I I try to align myself with like-minded people who obviously are very affluent and have an you know, have a ton of money, but they share the same views and mantras as we do. Yeah, I well, I mean, and you said uh, that you buy fast cars and you like to travel, and fast cars are a form of traveling. So technically, it's all traveling. Yes, yes. That's like your thing. <laughs> yes, it is, and uh, we we enjoy it. You know, sometimes uh, my husband and I just like to get into his Porsche nine eleven and just take a, uh, a drive. take a drive yeah. up the coast. You know, because we live nine minutes away from the beach. So we take a drive down the coast, and that's one of our favorite things to do together, and we get to spend quality time together. Uh, how important do you think, uh, speaking of traveling and stuff, uh, how important do you think taking vacations are? And uh, did you used to take vacations, or now that you are a little bit more comfortable, you, you allow yourself to take vacations? So... You know, I'm sure a lot of your audience out there may not have a family, and, you know, and everybody is different. You know, I happen to have a very large family. Mm -hmm. And for me, traveling is really important because our kids are going to be growing up really soon and going away to college. So that quality time that you spend together as a family is so important in my opinion because it truly, truly leaves memories in your kids uh, forever, you know, and that sense of togetherness, that sense of belonging that you get to share as a family for me is really important. So I often try to at least, you know, every year, at least have two big family trips with my entire family, which is only our family, to be able to spend that quality t time together without any distractions. Yeah. And uh, one last question that we always, or at least we try to, I try to ask uh, everyone we have on is, what's the most important thing that you've learned about yourself or about how you handle money after you became a millionaire? I found out, you know, I realized about myself that with or without money, I never changed. Money ne never changed me. And I'm still the same person that I was. Um, before I had money, but a little bit more smarter. That's good. So you became more intelligent. I became more intelligent and my people skills. I wouldn't say, you know, intelligent from the standpoint of, you know, I would say more, more, more seasoned as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because I had all this experience under my belt. But, you know, as we grow older, obviously life teaches us a lot, a lot of lessons, you know. And for me, 
um, the acquisition really taught me a lot about myself, about other people, about really staying true to myself. But the one thing that I realized about myself was that I never changed um, as a person. I always stayed true to myself because what I see happening a lot is like you see these people that become overnight millionaires and they just, they change, you know, yeah. they, they yeah. become so stuck up and snippy and the way they deal with people and I just never became that person you know I'm still the same old Nelly that I was you know with or without money and and I'm proud proud of that you know because truly money doesn't make you who you are you make you who you are and in this life in this age all we have you know to leave behind is our legacy and the impression that we leave on people and for me I'd like you know, people to remember me as that person who truly cares, who is interested in others, and, you know, who likes to give back, who's a great mom, who's a great, you know, entrepreneur, and, you know, leave leave that type of a legacy behind. I think everything you've said has been, like, incredibly inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, I, your story's great, and uh, I think there's a lot that people can learn from listening to you. And you should, and you, I know you talk a lot on other podcasts and do a lot of interviews because you definitely sound like you have been, and it's great. Thank you. So Thank great. you so much. I appreciate the opportunity, gentlemen, and it's been a blast. And people can find you at corpnet.com. Yes. Is there, so are, are you on social media anywhere? Oh, my God, all over the place. <laughs> so <laughs> if you'd like to... Check out our website. You can always visit www.corpnet.com. If you have questions about using our services, definitely send us an email to info at corpnet.com. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at corpnetnelly. You can find me on Facebook as well. I can also be found on LinkedIn and on Google Plus under Corpnet Nelly. I will have to definitely friend you on Google+. Absolutely. I'd love that. I'd love that. Andrew would love it too. Yes, I'd love that. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And guys, if you guys have questions about this and you want to hear more uh, millionaires on the show or just anybody, you just let us know and send us an email at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you like the show... Of course, we want you to hit subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, and then you can get an episode downloaded every single day at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, every day. So download it. Hit subscribe. Doesn't matter what podcast app you use, but definitely on iTunes. And if you like the show so much and you subscribed and you want to tell us how much it has impacted you or an interview that you liked or whatever the case may be, please leave us a review so that we know. And then shoot us an email to let, you, let us know that you left a review because we don't know. Uh, and I always read a review, a review at the end of the show, and today's review is short, 20-something from the United States. The title is I Love It, Five Stars. You two are amazing. Please don't stop. That's the review. That was beautifully written. <laughs> two sentences, exactly what we wanted, four exclamation points. And if you guys want, of course, you can visit us at listenmoneymatters.com, and we have our little toolbox that has all of the cool apps and books and, and products and services that we recommend. And we'll definitely be putting CorpNet on there for anyone looking to start a business because we have a little section in, under there for starting a business. So we'll definitely throw that in there. So listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And Nelly, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, guys. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man.